Good hello and welcome to Viv and Miles's Infinite Watchlist Horror Film Top 100. I am Miles. And I am Viv. Good hello Hi. to you. Hi. Oh, I thought you were Gabriella Labucci. I am not Gabriella Labucci. Oh, never mind. Listener, we just finished Drag Race Down Under. And there was something I mean, by the time our listener listens to this, that would have oh, be another season. There's probably gonna be another season, and we might even have an all-stars down under by then. But exactly. Yeah. And if our listener is Rachel, she'll be rolling her eyes because already she doesn't <laughs> if know. If our only listener is Rachel, she could not <laughs> care less about mm-hmm. Gabriella Labucci. I don't think she'll she'll appreciate the Australian drag queen who has an Italian name for no apparent reason. For no reason. Yeah. No reason at all. No, but I love it's... that Paul even asks, so are you of Italian descent or anything? No. Nothing. But then no. Isis was Italian, which is yes. ironic, because one yeah. of them was Italian. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry, no offense meant. Yeah, it's, it's odd. But not Italian, because this week we're heading to España. Beautiful Spain. Yes. Well, yeah, normally... We didn't get to see much of beautiful Spain in this film, I can assure we you. We don't get to see any of Spain, really. We're inside a no, building. Not as not anything you'd be that would make you go, oh, I'd love to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we're watching the Spanish film called... Well, it sounds funny saying it like that, but it's called Rec. But yes. R-E-C as in record, but I suppose you right. still say Rec. Yes. Yes. From... What's the year? 2007. 2007. Yes. So um, would you like to set us up? I would love it. Um, But before I set it up, I want to share this with you. So this film was written and directed by, it had two directors and two, right? They wrote it together. They directed it together. One of the directors is Jaume Balga. Hold on. Balaga. Balaguero, Balaguero, it's a hard name, and I'm a Spanish speaker. I was going to say, if you can't say it, there's no way. <laughs> because you kind of want to say Balaguero, but it has an accent on the O, so it's Balaguero. Balaguero. Oh, right. Balaguero. So he was one of the writers and directors, and yeah. I'm going to let you guess what film of his you might recognize, because it's a very similar setting. Oh no, I know exactly what it's going to be. It's the pastry cutter, isn't it? It's the pastry cutter he directed and wrote to let um, oh, years before God. this. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because this has got a very similar. Uh huh. Sort of and you yeah. and you kind of had the same reaction to when we watched to let many. Yes, I did. Feels like decades ago. You it's were kind of traumatized by it. Yeah, that was a lot earlier on. Like, I feel like I could take mm-hmm. things a bit more now. That was very early on. You brought that pastry cutter on me. Okay. Considering, I think, yeah, like now you wouldn't even flinch at that. Not as much, no. But so the still... other, oh, sorry. What were you no, I'd say I'd still flinch, but perhaps not as much. <laughs> I don't think you would be as traumatized as you were now no, if you saw it. But that one was After bad. Right. That one really, that one was bad. Yeah, and this Mr. Balaguer, Balaguer likes to set things in an apartment complex and yeah. just film everything indoors, very claustrophobic. 
I think that's his, not, that's his jam. I don't think I'm a massive fan of this gentleman, to be honest. <coughs> if I'm honest. So let's but, try know. the other. Let's try his co-writer. So his co-writer and co-director is Paco Plaza. And Paco Plaza directed um, also a film that we are but moments away from called Veronica. So that's coming your way soon. Veronica. Okay. That mm-hmm. sounds camp, but I'm sure it isn't. It is absolutely not camp okay. at all. It's shame. one of those that the first time I saw Veronica, it scared the bejesus out of me. But I will give you something to look forward to. It has the cutest child actor I have ever seen in my entire life of watching movies. This child. Oh, my. I don't know where they found him. But the whole movie, I was like, if something happens to this sweet baby boy, I'm I I won't be able to finish this movie. I'm, and he's, of course, in peril throughout. He is adorable. So that's something to look forward to. You're going to just absolutely fall in love with this little kid. Okay. We'll need to suffer, but... There's nothing else about it. I was going to say, I'm not sure how much I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, all right. Um, he has similar <laughs> themes of, of demonic possession. That's what I'll say. So he cares oh, about that topic, but what you will like about Mr. Paco Plaza is that he was a guest on Drag Race España. Oh, okay. Not too like that. quite fun. That is um, fun. But you were delighted that episode. I was. <laughs> they beside was, yourself. It was. Um, they were recreating famous horror films, and one of the ones that they were kind of obviously with a comedic turn. One of the ones that they were recreating was Wreck, and oh. um, so they were recreating famous Spanish horror films. Yeah, and so he directed the queens in the comedic mm. version of Wreck. Oh my goodness, that sounds fun. I feel like I need to skip straight to that episode. Oh, it's a hoot and a half. That sounds it. That's fun. So, anyway, anyway, I thought you would would get a kick. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, little titties. Little titties. Little titties. So, setting up the film. back Back to the task at hand. Um, this film, the premise of this film is this um, TV presenter called um, Angela. Um, she she she's a host of a TV show where they follow people like you know real life yeah, people like basically kind of like yeah, and it's called uh, Mientras Duermes, so it's called while while you're sleeping, you know. So they oh, they so things follow. Right. right at night, so they're following um, some firemen in in their nightly runs. Unfortunately for them, the first place the firemen go is to this building where all hell has broken loose, literally. Mm-hmm. And once they get in there, they quickly find they can't get out because the building becomes um, quarantined because there's a spread of something. Nobody is telling them what it is um, that is basically turning people into this like ravenous monsters that are trying to eat each other. So that's the premise. <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Which listener so, is why I've struggled with this film <laughs> from exactly what you just said right there. There's a lot more gore, I think, than we 
maybe maybe is like on par with Hellraiser when it comes to gore. Um, just oh, graphic. Yeah. Awful. You do see a lot of flesh being kind of torn by teeth, and no, it's, it's disgusting. And you it's see horrible. like real close-ups of open wounds, and you know, yeah. so it's it's pretty bloody. Yep, yeah. I I know. <laughs> I did not care for that. Well, and I, I think, think it's... you can you can definitely quote Mr. Leslie Jordan because no one well, in the building. I feel safe in that house. I do not no feel one was safe, safe in that house. And as well as you shouldn't go into the basement, you definitely shouldn't go into the attic either. That's another mm -hmm. bad or the loft. If you <laughs> learn nothing from our trip down this top 100 horror, if you learn yeah. nothing else, you will learn that basements and attics are no places to go for anything at all, ever. Yeah. You'll be impressed good with me happens. to know that I already knew that before we started this list. I was quite confident that I would go to neither in these situations at any do point. You, do you remember, speaking of basements that were um a bit um questionable, do you remember the basement in that um, cabin in the woods that we stayed at in Vermont? That's, of course I do, because that's when I was literally saying, we are not safe in this house. And we the, were the three of us looked down upon it from the top of the stairs and i don't I think said, any of us no, felt any need to go down there for anything no. even though there was washing facilities for our clothes we were not interested absolutely we could not. Have just dunk them in the hot tub outside actually to be fair that, no, would, have done that would have been a better option than going down yeah. there yeah no thank you no thank you so one one of the things I dislike about this film <laughs> is it comes from the genre that I can confirm now that we've done two or three. I think this is at least the third. I do not like the found footage shaky camera mm -hmm. thing. It just doesn't it doesn't do it for yeah. me. I find it quite and I understand this is is clever because otherwise why else would we see what was happening in this situation? Right. It makes sense. But it's just a very uncomfortable watch. Because already it on top of everything else, you're like got shakiness and you're being thrown around, and it works. Which, and I'm guessing from that genre, this is probably one of the most well done ones. I'm guessing. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't love um, myself. I'm not a big fan of the whole found footage genre either. No, it it's there's certain ones that I feel are so well done that I like this one is one that I feel was because it was so justified the whole time. Yeah. It um is. and the way that it's shot makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of like Blair Witch Project, I think they did a really good job with that too in justifying like you you are seeing exactly what the characters are seeing when the characters are seeing it. So as an audience yeah. member, it's uncomfortable because you don't know anything that they don't know. Yes. And we're used to knowing more than the characters when we watch a film. Right, that's true, yeah. That gives yeah. us some comfort, right? That yeah. no one's coming. Yes. I will say that there are moments where I'm like, really? You still held the camera up at this stage with everything with everything going on? You felt like you could still film? That's, that's incredible. With someone literally being like eaten alive next to you yeah. and all these sort of things happening. They also kind of, they did it for a while and then they kind of gave up on people being like, stop filming, stop filming. Because I think people well, would be saying that. And most of the people that were really against them continuing to film 
they get killed real early in the film. So yeah, they don't. They don't <laughs> the rest of them were too scared to care about whether they were filming or not. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And in some cases, some of the people in the building were actually saying, "Yes, you need to show what they're doing to us. Like the government is trapping us here." Yeah. And not telling us what's happening. You need to film this because people need to see what they're doing. Yeah, what they're putting us through. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. We were saying before, weren't we, that in America, the remake is called Quarantine, the one that's yes. in America, mm-hmm. which is. And you were also saying how you saw this film at the time ish, mm-hmm. and now seeing it post pandemic is kind of extra strange. I found it chilling moments. Um, the parallels, you know, because when it came out, I saw it probably maybe a year after it came out or something like that. So it was right. a long, long time ago, at least 12 years ago. Yeah. And having lived through our own quarantine and pandemic, there were so many parallels that I think were almost spooky mm-hmm. in the, like, the confusion first, like, like I, it felt very real. Yeah, where nobody knows what is happening or what this thing is doing or how you get it or you know um so that felt very triggering you know like yeah. you know, I was like oh well, yeah I remember that and um yeah. and even the the paranoia of like looking for someone to blame like yeah. down to the fact that the the people that all of a sudden everybody turns on is the one Asian family that lived in the building because they were the foreigners. And so everybody is like starts to assume that it must be them who brought this exotic virus yeah. into our lives, right? Yeah. And they all kind of attack them in a way, like you, you know, just vicious things are being said about this this family yeah. that we later learned had nothing to do with it. No, there's also incredible amount of ignorance because there's the bit where they at one point when they're all in things are getting bad but not as bad as they do get they're all they're kind of just interviewing various neighbors and they interview this very camp old very camp camp, who was living with his mother etc etc and he says the most stupid he says Mm -hmm. i don't like the chinese neighbors because they make so much noise and they're always speaking in japanese you're like so huh? the Chinese neighbors are always speak okay, and they always eat raw fish. You're like, um, yeah. What? Well, and and when you get to see them, yeah, you you get that they're they are actually Japanese. So the fact that he starts by calling them Chinese, Chinese, yeah, exactly. is and it, it's very problematic. But of I think course. that's what they were showing. They were showing how in mm-hmm. we turn on on, and we usually pick. The the I one that's know. not like us, right? To, Didn't they keep mentioning blame. a Colombian? They kept saying someone's Colombian as well. I can't remember who. We see her. I mean, we see her attack them at one point. She comes out of her apartment in her in her panties yeah, and a t shirt. That's who yeah. Talking about, right? That's yeah. the Colombian. Yeah. Um. But I I read that actually, um, Kwame Balaguero. Um, and Pago Plaza, they put that family in there um, for a few reasons. But one of them was that I think one of them, I can't remember if it was Paco, um, had Chinese neighbors. They were actually Chinese and he was fascinated by them because um, he had never met anyone 
from Asia. And so he was just endlessly fascinated by the Chinese neighbors. And he mentioned that they never closed the door. Their house, the door was always open to their house. And he thought that was so different. Um, and, and at one point we see Camp Cesar mentioned that they never closed the door. So that was a little bit of, um, of him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of throwing that in there. But I think also it was just to show that that's a horrible part of human nature, how we like in, in times of real life or death, we're going to turn against the easiest prey, you know, the, the easiest target. Yes, exactly. Which is really horrible. Yeah. Um, but before everything gets bad, you get the idea at the beginning. There's, there's a few like funny moments with what's the presenter's name? It's not her I name is Angela. Oh no, no, Angela is is um yeah, no, Angela. Yeah. Yes, the presenter, the girl presenter is Angela. Yeah, uh-huh. and she's quite. She's there's a funny bit where she <laughs> there's a few funny bits. One where she like says to the person, "Sorry, can you stand on the other side because my hair looks better." Yeah, and then also when she leans forward and she's like, "This guy's really boring," so like, don't record if he's like, if it gets rough, just don't waste. Right, she's like, it's <laughs> just like, yeah. I think she was hoping for the sexy firefighters like going down a pole. She wasn't like wanting mm-hmm. to look at the uh, their uniforms and you know, because at one point she goes into like the lunch, the dinner hall or whatever, and they're all like, Way! <laughs> a bit like. You remember my interaction with firefighters? Yes, you love. You were very, um, yeah. very excited by the firefighters that night. Well, and also they were very excited about me. I think that's true. Yeah, they were. They were lapping it up. I believe is yeah, the term they were you used. Up because I was. I had my tits out. Basically. You sure did. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Now it's a very long time ago. You know, it's a long time ago because it took quite a part of portion of the evening for me to get my tits out whereas now i would they'd just be out you would not have thought about it twice yeah no i'd be surprised to put them away really that would be more of a shock (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so she's talking to one of the fire officers and he's like well she says is it bad that i'm like kind of hoping your alarm but she kind of wants the excitement she wants Mm -hmm. it after they go to something big but he's like, well, you'd be surprised. A lot of the time it's, you know, a cat up a tree or someone's water right. tank, has, like, a pipe has burst or, you know. Uh, she was probably and, dreaming about the what if it had just been a cat up a tree. Oh, she she wishes. But also when yeah. they head to this case, it sounds like it's just going to be, you know, this, they seem to think this old lady, older lady is a bit hysterical. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like it's a big case. Right. But... Yeah, wrong. when they go in there, they have no idea that it's going to be anything near no. what it ends up being. I do enjoy and, that the lady is called Conchita, by the way. I don't enjoy Conchita. anything else about that, but I do like that her name is Conchita. <laughs> Conchita's a very common nickname in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot it's of Conchitas. I like that. Yeah. They rise like a phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is also something funny. I found that. So the actress who plays Angela, her name is Manuela Velasco. Mm-hmm. She was actually a real TV presenter um, before she did this movie. She worked as a TV oh, wow. presenter of a, of a deep, like a, um, I think it was like a music show. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also an actress, obviously, but, um, oh, wow. so I'm sure yeah, it was she... like 
product like a whoa what am i watching you know kind of thing for people that knew her as a presenter i think that's a really clever way to do it actually because she seemed very suited to that and do we ever Mm -hmm. actually see pablo the the cameraman do we ever we never actually see us we never see him no we never see him we hear him we hear him and we see like his his shoe at one point but yeah but you don't because she's constantly instructing him and (laughs) yeah and also, like he, no. well, he's obviously just as keen to keep filming because, despite everything, yeah. he, that camera keeps rolling at all times. Yeah, and it feels—I mean, it feels justified to me. Like, if you're in that situation and you have the power of media, yeah, what a story, right? If you get out alive, that will be the story of your entire career. So, I I understand their motivation to, because what's Begin happening with. is so yeah huge you know i do to begin with what they go through by the end i think most people would probably think i don't well, by the end, damn. it kind of becomes kind of like <laughs> blair witch where by the end the camera is no longer um a tool of just recording it becomes necessary yeah for because lights. it's the light and then it becomes like the the um um what do you call that the night vision mode yeah. that's the only way they can see yeah, through the camera, so it, does so, become sen- it becomes essential. That's right. Yeah, but I've um, written here that it goes from when you meet Kajita, it literally the film goes from one to a hundred very quickly. Very quickly, it all goes. You're suddenly like, oh my god, what what's happening? There's screaming and blood and panic, and everyone's you know, it's like, oh boy, this is covered, like covered in blood. Her face like is covered them. in blood. You know, like it's yeah. immediately, you know, this is not just someone that's having a breakdown or not doing well. This is big. Yeah. yeah. It's it's bad. I also enjoyed how many times in the film they go, Rapido, Rapido. <laughs> rapido, Rapido. Rapido, yeah. The whole time. Yeah. That means fast, Hurry. fast. Hurry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quick, That's the only quick, word quick, quick. I can I understood yeah. that one for sure. Come on. Hurry up. Um, hurry up. Rapido, rapido. <laughs> yes. Um, I also found out that the they didn't give the actors the scripts of the full movie beforehand. Yeah. They got uh, the scene they were filming on the day they were filming it. So the actors also were finding out what was happening to their characters on the day. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to do that to just kind of keep them anxious and tense, you know? Well, yeah, clever. Um, <laughs> we, we've known a few films where they've used that technique, haven't we? Yep. Yep. And they they also did a lot of improvising. Like they would obviously set up the scene and this is what's happening, but a lot of the things that the actors were saying to each other was improvised by them in the moment. Right. Yeah. Interesting. As you can kind of tell that with some of the bits with the neighbors when they were all there's a yeah. she sums like at one point in the film, she suddenly gives a bit of a summary of what's just to completely keep everyone up to date. She's like, it's two AM, we're blocked in by the police, we don't know why. There are people mm-hmm. in critical condition. And they're like, we don't, you know, it's 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 awful because there's panic, but then there's confusion and there's claustrophobic and it's mm-hmm. there are shutters as well. Like one part of the building is shut off with a shutter to like a shop or something. Or they said like a Yeah, textile. it's like a textile factory. Yeah. yeah. So I mean a shutter is a real like 
it's a very much you ain't getting through yeah. that there's no like um mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no loopholes with that that's just you're not getting through right but we also meet this old couple which are quite funny uh yes they seem to be like they were sleeping and she's like oh i was woken up by the screaming and they have a an argument about which level they're on. One thinks they were on level two. Right. Yeah, they were the impression that she's right for some reason. You kind of feel like she's like, oh girl. Yeah. Yeah. But she's and, also and... she's very fast to give accusations out. She's one of the ones that says at one point she's like, Oh, I bet it's you oh. or she Yeah. yeah. She doesn't Yeah, I mean at, at one point point or another they all started blaming the, the Asian family. Yeah, or or throwing it out there that it was them. Um, we also Who have a relative upstairs, which is very scary. Right, the the grandpa is better. Yeah, he's just been left upstairs on the whatever level it is, and that's a really scary. Yeah, yeah. as everything is happening, we also meet um Guillem, who's a a resident, a medical resident, who happens to be a, a godsend at, at least at the beginning yes. because at least it's someone with medical knowledge that can help with mm-hmm. the people that are that have been hurt like the cop that gets bitten right. by Conchita and then the other the the, yes. the younger fireman who also gets bitten and falls down however however oh many God. flights yeah, that's a rough moment and it happens it's out rough. of nowhere that's like the first big jump scare mm-hmm. you get it's like, like oh. it's like all of a sudden like you see a body just fall just whack and down, you hear yeah. it like it's yeah. just very um shocking when it happens and of course then you see that he's been bitten and um which makes it ter- worse um not looking good and then there's that woman who is very she is not happy and she's saying that she's gonna sue and she's gonna talk to the newspaper right she's the mom of the little girl jennifer right yeah so who's, she has so Claims her tonsillitis. Right, she keeps saying she has a fever, she has tonsillitis. Her dad is trying to get in the building with her medication, but he's not allowed in, and they're not allowed out. So this mom is, like, losing her mind. Mm -hmm. Of course, the moment she says that her kid has a fever, and we start hearing that everybody's quarantined, (laughs) obviously, we're like, that's not good. That can't be good. No, that cannot be good. No. And then they say that the health inspectors are on their way because it's a possible infection and everyone's very confused. They're like, what, what's happening? What do you understand? Right. I mean, ugh, it's scary. Yeah, it, it's. I think they, they, they portray, like, it puts you in this state of anxiety because there's just so much confusion yeah. and nobody knows what's happening and nobody can get information. It, it exactly. kind of puts you in that real, like, oh, what is this thing? Yeah, that's really scary. They also say that um, there's a penthouse at the top. Obviously, but then nobody lives there, yeah. That is because the owner is in Madrid. So you right. you you know as well that that meet because also we have nothing we've said that this is set in Barcelona. To film it's set in Barcelona. Barcelona. <clears throat> they actually filmed the entire movie in a real apartment building in Barcelona. They didn't wow. film anything on any sets. Which, but I think Tillet was the same. I'm sure that was mm-hmm. Barcelona. They filmed, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they filmed that in in an actual building. This building, apparently, um, after this film came out, was besieged with horror fans who would try to break say, into the I building they, and yeah you know so so the residents of the building were not very happy about any of that 
Yeah, of course. No, no. And you feel when the penthouse is mentioned, you know that's going to come up again. There's no way that's just mentioned. Yeah. For no... <laughs> you've, you've been here enough, long enough now that you know. I know what breadcrumbs mean. <laughs> what little, little things they're throwing your way that you're like. I'm like, okay, so we're going to the penthouse later, obviously, and it's not going to be Something is up there. Yes. Um, and then things get really scary when they finally let someone from the outside world in and they come in in a bloody mm-hmm. hazmat, the terrifying hazmat suit. Right, they they mention, like, they, they have, like, a bullhorn or something where they're communicating from the outside and they they give them the instructions that they have to do blood tests for everybody before they can let anybody out just to make sure Everyone's... they can separate who's been infected and who hasn't. So there's mm-hmm. they. I think that at that moment we all feel, and I say all, the viewer and the and the characters are feeling like okay this is good right like if, yeah, if, a bit of hope, if we're not yeah. infected then we can get out of here mm-hmm. um but that goes to hell real fast too yeah it does it's not, it's not good. <laughs> no not good at all there's a this is one of the bits where the camera has been left on the floor and he thinks he's turned it off but he hasn't which is handy mm-hmm. because we're hearing more information from pablo while we're staring at his foot and then he manages to get in from a high angle through a window and he can see what's happening, which is very more unpleasant. So, yeah, they, they've taken the, the the cop and the younger firemen who were bitten to like a separate area. And they've kind of where they can like close them in there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so Pablo and um, Angela are trying to overhear what's happening in that room and Pablo manages to be able to see yeah she was getting on my last nerve because i'm like girl <laughs> shut up yeah wait a like, minute like i'm going like shh i can't yeah, hear you know I... like she was like what are you what what's are you happening what are you what's happening tell me what's happening girl oh no <laughs> just do you not know you're a presenter you should know these things like stop it uh, yeah exactly and they've handcuffed him to the bed the they handcuff the 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 people that are bitten. Yes, yeah, because obviously they don't want them to. It, because as I've now seen in many zombie films, once someone's infected, you you don't want them loose. Correct. <laughs> it's not going to go well. We also find out that. They talk about how the virus um, reacts depending on people's blood type. So they have no way of knowing how fast it's going to take. So Mm -hmm. some people may have more time being normal before they turn. And some people, it's kind of immediate, which Mm -hmm. makes it even more terrifying because then it's like you you can't even bank on we have 10 minutes before we have to do something. Exactly, you don't know what's going to happen. Ooh, it's rough. Uh-huh. And then it gets rougher. <laughs> is it Jennifer, the little girl? I think she's called Jennifer. So they, before all of this is happening, they decide to just interview the, the people that live there. And they interview little Jennifer, who we find out she just oh. turned seven. She's very little. And she 
she tells him that she lives with mom and dad and, the, and their dog, Max. And so Angela asks, where's Max? She, and the mom's like, he's, he's at the bed. He's like, oh, he's at the bed. So now it's another little tidbit that will come later. Yeah, because they... Right. They say so we, that they... Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the outside world, they tell us. The bit we're getting is that they think this infection has come from a dog. Right. And so then you're like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Which we later find out, really, the dog got infected from From the fucking attic dweller. But um, Mm. the the first one to turn was the dog. And they talk about how they had to. This is the the health guy who comes from the outside. The doctor yeah. tells them the dog was um, was taken to the vet because he was sick. He was vomiting, had a fever, and then all of a sudden he became very aggressive and had to be put down because he was attacking people. Mm. Um, and so they they figured out they traced this virus. The dog was the first person, first not person, but the first creature in this building. That they they traced it had a chip, so they were able to trace the address to where right. the dog came from, and they realized we have to quarantine this building because if this right. dog has this been is, in that building, that's where yeah. this is where it's gonna. And they're right; it's not ruined. They're correct. <laughs> <laughs> they're right to and do unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, sweet little Jennifer mm. is not so sweet anymore when she bites her mother in the face. Yeah. In the face and more yes. blood. And then it's like, oh my god, what's happening? And then she yes. pelts off upstairs, and then the mother is handcuffed to the stairs because they're like, well, she's now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really grim. Yeah, grim, 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 grim. And Jennifer yeah. runs upstairs, so they have to run after her. So Manu, Manu is the the one fireman <coughs> still with us, right? Um, who I find now, he's my type. Like he is. Just like your pet cemetery doctor, you were all into that. Yeah, Manu is mm, chef's kiss. I'm guessing so, he isn't my type because I do not. I didn't notice. <laughs> he's he's bald, has a shaved head. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Kind of early fireman. I think he's I was too stressed. Delicious to think about it. I was too anxious. <laughs> yeah, he I was. See that he's yeah. He was delicious. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. So now they clearly know something terrible is happening to these people as they get infected. And then they also know that it's spread by saliva. So they know if you get bitten, you're done so. Mm-hmm. It's very um uh 28 days later as well. I got a lot of right. and and you'll see zombie movies um have the same kind of trope of yeah, like if you get seen, bitten, you get infected. We've seen most of them. Yeah, yeah, most of them are like a virus that comes from somewhere. In this case, it's very interesting because um, the writers wanted to explore a, a place where medicine and religion kind of meet, which is kind of what we find out where this virus comes from. Um, so it's yeah. like a, it's a different take on on the origin of the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain that religious bit? Sure. So, <laughs> so, this point, there's just been, uh, you know, mayhem. just pandemonium, mayhem, uh, mm. blood everywhere, bites everywhere. Um, 
something's going wrong. We find out they finally get up to the basement because they're trying to get up away from these things. And when they walk in the basement, it is a grim. Um, there's a, a there's a combination of a lot of religious iconography, like there's crosses everywhere and saints and virgins, and then there's like a lot of like beakers and science stuff and syringes, and it's a very weird combination. Just, just before I forget, I remember now that the the camp older guy from earlier says. Why don't you go to the base? Why don't we go down there? Because yes. there's the escape route. And then he meets a sticky end. He meets because... a very sticky end. His very, very um dark, fake dyed hair and mustache um meet a sticky end. Um he looked like he was gonna serenade us with a song, a sort of Julio Iglesias number or something. So it's like <laughs> his, his name is Cesar, and almost every male in my family's name is Cesar. My Grandfather's yeah. name was Cesar. My dad's name was Cesar. My brother's um, first name, my youngest brother's first name is Cesar. You met, yeah, you the, met one, the, the one I met in New York. In right? New York, yeah. And then my other brother, um, his name is Julio Cesar. Mm, so, guess so, very... yeah, Cesars are very popular in my family. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so go back to where you were at. I just thought I'd add that's why the basement was so desirable because they right but then they can't get to the basement eventually because they need to find the key mm -hmm. from the intern's apartment and, and they keep going up that's to that's the, how they end up in the attic the penthouse the yeah, penthouse yeah yeah and um so they they're looking at there's like all these newspaper articles that are like all over the walls about a little girl from portugal from Medeiras. I think yeah. it was um, who was possessed um, yeah. and they were trying exorcisms and they were trying all these things and there's like all these news coverage of this like, possessed little girl mm -hmm. and they're trying to make sense of this like what does this have to do with anything like where, yeah. where are we and then they find this old timey record player like not record player but like a um, it's not a cassette but like a old real real to real player yeah, and they get it to work, and they're listening to someone who's dictating. Um, they're doing some experiments, and they're talking about how I've managed to isolate the enzyme, and I and I found the enzyme, um, but it continues to mutate, so it's impossible to stabilize it. and And so they keep listening, and then they find that this person had this possessed little girl, and the Vatican was trying to use her blood to find a vaccine for demonic possession. Um, so basically they they realized that demonic possession can be contagious and it can pass on as a like a virus. So they were trying to use this possessed little girl's blood to create a vaccine. And Lee, things went real wrong. And the last thing we hear on the tape is that he says, um, this was a mistake. We shouldn't have done this. We have to kill her. Um, I know the procedure. Um, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to just kill her. Mm. Um, and then we find out that clearly he did not succeed. He did um, not do well with he that. He did not, because then we see the most and she's up there. Horrifying. He's one of the most horrifying creatures, I think, in movies really, ever. Really scary. 
it's she's like this creature comes out and she's emaciated mm-hmm. um but has like this stringy hair and like her breasts like you can see she's a female but she's so emaciated that it's like literally flesh just clinging to bone mm-hmm. it's horrendous her mouth is like just almost torn down it's yeah it's just things you think things are as bad as they're gonna get and then they hit you again at the right at the end yes yes so the lights go out so this is when the camera becomes now a tool for them because and i hate i hate i hate 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 that that, those moments where you're like having the point of view of the camera right and like he's He's going into the attic and he's like, I'm gonna look because I hear sound. She's like, No, 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 don't 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 do yeah, it. Don't do it. I'm like, listen to her. And yeah. he's like, No, I have to I have to see. And like he's pointing the light of the camera. And you know something's gonna jump out. Of so like you're already I like, get very, very tense. Of course, of course it is. hundred percent. And I know what's coming because I've seen the film before. And still yeah. when the little Japanese boy comes out of the darkness and just like grabs the camera, I jump three feet in the air. Yeah. Um, so he breaks the camera, basically the, the lights. So now they're in complete darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they have to turn on the night vision of the camera. So Angel, yeah. I can't see anything. The only one who can see is Pablo because he's the one looking through the camera. And in yeah. the darkness is when we see this creature appear. Which is mm-hmm. terrifying. It's really rough. It's horrible. And <laughs> you want to say how it ends? Well, it doesn't end too well for anyone, of course. Pablo is she get she gets hold of him. She and... bashes him his, his I'm assuming head in with the, she's holding a hammer. And she's yeah. we just see her arm coming up and down, so we just assume she's beating yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel quite traumatized by this. It's pretty <laughs> disgusting. Do you want to? Like, I think the last shot of the film is really cool, though, because now yeah, we know knew, Pablo is gone. I knew that was coming as well, hundred yeah. percent. There was no doubt that was coming. I was like, so she's going to get dragged off. There's no way she's not going to get dragged off. She's just right. lying like face down. You can see like on her front, and the face is right up against the camera, Blair Witch style, and it's that green. Mm. Um, night vision thing and then she mm-hmm. hears this she's like oh my god kind of screaming and then there's like a pause and the next thing woof, she, she gets backwards. pulled into the darkness yeah and you're like well shit and then it's over and this awesome spanish rock song comes on and they also finish with the subtitles came up as her saying we have to take everything pablo for fuck's sake <laughs> for fuck's sake <laughs> So I did make some um, notation of, um, so in Spain, it's very common, one of the common curses is, um, and she says it a few times throughout the movie, she says, me cago en la hostia. And um, it is very common in Spain. They translate it to fucking hell in the English translation. But I think it it bears mentioning because of the themes of this film, the real meaning of that word of that phrase is I shit on the communion wafer. That's what she's that's what that phrase actually means. 
Ostia, Ostia <laughs> is the communion wafer. Oh so it's, a, it's it's not only a, a rude, wow. but it's very blasphemous. Um, oh I remember as a kid, we were not allowed. To, like as a kid, you would get slapped in the face if you said Ostia. Whoa, Which in Spain, they do all the time. They go, Ostia. Um, but Ooh, in Puerto Rico, that a, did not apply. That's a severe thing So to I say, think wow. in this movie, it has, I think it's very intentional whenever they, they use those terms. Right. Because obviously of the demonic piece of it, so I Ooh. thought it, it bears. It's. It's. <laughs> I think it, it was important to let you know that that's what that phrase actually means. It's not you can fucking see why they decided with the subtitles it might be easier to. Not well, go. because it's there's no translation. Like that means nothing. Right. I okay. I shit on the communion wafer is it's not means nothing to someone who doesn't understand it in Spanish, right? Right. Yeah. You use it as a curse, like you would say fucking hell. But right. the actual meaning is that, and I think in a movie about possession, it has, it carries extra <laughs> meaning, you know? Yes, yes. Gosh. Oof. Yes. Wow. So, um, this film mm-hmm. has quite a few um, sequels. The, <laughs> the writer, director's they said that they thought this was going to be almost like a straight-to-video kind of thing. They were not mm. expecting anything from it. And it right. played at, at a film festival, and it did so well that it ended up playing at a few festivals, and then it was distributed, and it was a huge hit. And wow. so they were kind of almost obligated to then do sequels for it because people were wanting Yeah, them. it was had such a success. Um, I don't and know if I mentioned left. that well, uh, well, Angela <laughs> okay. is in all the sequels except for the third one, because the third one, the story has nothing to do with the this oh, so story. She's, she's dragged away, but she's still okay. Then, so, um, Rec Two came out in two thousand nine, and it starts that same night exactly after this one ends. Oh, and so they it, it kind of like follows the sequence, like people from the government come into the building. And they're trying to to figure out what's happening. And of course, all hell breaks loose again. And then Angela appears and she appears to be fine. So she's telling them what happened and all this stuff. But at the end of that film, we find out that she wasn't fine. She was possessed the entire time. She was just playing along. Okay. Because they do a flashback of the end of this one where that creature yeah. passes the demon onto her. Oh my goodness. So she's in, in the second one. And then there was a third one that came out in 2012 called Genesis. And that one has nothing to do with the stories about a couple that are getting married and then this virus breaks loose right. and, at their yeah. wedding. But then Rec 4, Apocalypse, comes back to this story, and it starts where the second one ends. So the fourth one is the sequel to the second one. And, right, okay. And Angela is in that one as well. Blimey. Have you seen any of them? <laughs> I think I saw the second one, but, like, ages ago. Right, yeah. But I didn't see the other ones. I'm I'm fine with not seeing any more. I, I figured. So I, just also <laughs> Manuela Manuela Velasco who plays Angela won the Goya for Best Actress that year. Wow. Um and the Goyas are like the Spanish 
equivalent of the Oscars. Oscars. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she deserves. She's very good. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, well, this film takes it out of you for sure. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's like a mix. It's of a things. roller coaster ride for sure. Yeah, without the highs, just lows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a combo of all the things that I very much dislike. Claustrophobic, yeah, shaky camera, blood and yeah. and gore and bones and close ups and it's ugh, no. I no, thought no, of no. you because it, it, I'm I'm not squeamish, but when that um, when the resident doctor is putting the the injection straight into the wound, yeah. like on the face of the the young fireman, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, and if you said that, then it's bad. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit sick thinking of that. I again. know. I thought I was like, "Oh, Miles, I'm sure did not care for this at all." No, I'm come over queer again. So <laughs> I think we can. This is this is this one was if we're doing the scare racing was right up. Mm-hmm. I think um, it could be a ten. Really, it's definitely it's pretty. If I was in the cinema, scary. I would have struggled to mm-hmm. stay there. I think I don't think I could have sat. I'm not sure if I would have sat through the whole thing. It's rough. Yeah, I, I when I saw it, it yeah. originally, I watched it with my friend Joe, and we used to watch horror movies together all the time, and we were both scared shitless. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, so. I, I actually said to her, I sent her a message today, and I said, hey, I just traumatized Miles by making him watch Wreck, and she was like, oh, I still think about that movie. Oh, so. my God. Uh, <laughs> but I feel very brave because I did it. It's another tip. You did it. Yes. Yeah. So, what are you putting me through next? So, <laughs> next one's going to be literally a walk in the park compared to this one. So, okay, I, so, I'm making sure that we get some breaks for you. So, good. the next one is a very, very recent film. Um, and I put it in there just because I think it's a fun little ride and it's really clever. And it's called Host. Oh. And it was completely filmed on Zoom. So I thought what? how I think we how should apt. we, we should do that, that one. Okay. That sounds yes. interesting. It's like something different. All yes. right. Well, I will And and I promise you it's not it's not nearly as bloody as this one. It better not be. I can't it's not. you'll you'll place. you'll you'll be absolutely fine through that one. Okay. If I can get through this, then yeah. All right. Well, it's time to wreck cover now from that. <laughs> All right. All Let's right. Go. We'll be back later with another. Sangria to recover. Oh, I know. We should have some tapas and some sangria. Some croquetas. Nice. Some croquetas. Oh, yes. yes. Some jamón serrano, manchego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm lovely mm-hmm. well on that note okay goodbye bye bye